0: One of the things that makes college sports unique is that despite the constant turnover of players and coaches, the spirit of a school can remain the same. Every school has people with institutional knowledge who are able to keep things consistent. and One of those people at Temple is Larry Doggett. He's been with Temple 19 years and he offered to share some of his insight on that. My name is Jay Rosen and this is OWL Sports Update Off Air. Welcome to All Sports Update Off-Air. Can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure, Jay. Uh, Larry Doherty. I'm the
1: Senior Associate Athletic Director for Strategic Communications at Temple University.
0: Cool. Can you decode that for us? What does that mean?
1: So when I tell people what I do, I, I do public relations and communications for Temple Athletics as a whole. We have a whole team of communications professionals in my department. I oversee mainly men's basketball. But I oversee the sit, a staff of uh, eight individuals. We challenge ourselves to to be, you know, the uh, front porch of Temple University, our athletic department, and my staff being the storytellers to get this, the message out on how good Temple athletics is, uh, and not just with you know how our student athletes compete, but what we're doing off the field as well.
0: And you deal a lot with basketball yourself.
1: We we kind of assigned beats with my staff and men's basketball when I first got here. Nineteen years ago, that was my primary sport at my other school, St. Joseph's. So I took over that role Uh, and I've always had a strong football person. uh, And we have Rich Berg on my staff doing that now for Temple Athletics. So uh, and then again, making sure all the other sports get equal and fair coverage with my staff.
0: So you've, you said 19 years you've been at Temple and 19 years you've been working with basketball specifically. So you've seen a lot of change in the world uh, of Temple basketball. You've two different conferences, three different head coaches that you've ushered us through. Can you tell us about your experience in watching all those changes happen, how you've dealt with that?
1: It's been incredible. I mean, like you said, the three coaches, I mean, I started here with John Chaney. There's no bigger legend in Temple Athletics than John Chaney, and uh, just a a tremendous man. I miss him dearly, you know, him passing away a year ago, uh, and uh, just did so much for so many people, so... But he, he left a big shadow, which was filled then by Fran Dunphy, who was a legend in his, uh, in his own right in Philadelphia basketball, came in and, and led Temple for 13 years into nine NCAA tournaments and did a great job. And, and now with Aaron McKee. So it's been really can't work with three better people. You mentioned the leagues. We were in the Atlantic 10 Conference, which our fans would argue was just a great fit for us because of all the rivalries, the Temple UMass games and the Temple St. Joe's and LaSalle's. Uh, you know, but you know, we, we, we moved from there, not just to, we went to the big East conference for like a cup of coffee, which then became the American athletic conferences, which is where we are now. So, and, uh, and where I'm at right now, as you know, is in Houston. So one of our schools that's so close to Philadelphia, you know, it's such an easy place to get to. <laughs> uh, be in Texas next week for the conference championships. And, uh, we're going to welcome six new members to our, to our conference, uh, in a year or two, uh, with the transition of some of our members leaving the league and adding six more, so uh, we've become basically global ambassadors for the uh, for the university because we our teams are are hitting all the time zones. Basically, you know, the play and conference competitions.
0: How have you and your teams, and how have you guys maintained consistency for the athletics department for the teams through all these different changes?
1: That's a good question. I mean, the one thing is it's things have changed, just not conferences. You know, technology has changed. I mean, when I first got here, social media wasn't the platform that was of, uh, you know, we were just getting used to it. Now it's the main platform for telling our story. More people come to our athletics website through social media links than they do by Googling or looking for our website. So that, and we've grown a team of digital social media people to help support that. We've also brought in a video arm to help support athletics and tell this story and visually. We just got to stay focused on the fact that, you know, we were charged with, again, telling the Temple story, promoting our student-athletes. And I tell my staff, making sure that that's the, the, the focus of what we do, our student-athletes.
0: How much of that narrative are you able to shape year over year in terms of telling a consistent story and maintaining a long-term vision for Temple Athletics?
1: A lot of the story is promoting athletics and academics. And so we do such a great job. And I think you said you had Justin Miller on this uh, podcast and his team does an amazing job of really putting our student athletes in a great environment to succeed in the classroom. And that's one of the growths that I think in in my 19 years here, that that area has grown so well. So we are always working with them to tell that story. How we try to really support the overall student and the student athlete. And that is something that we are consistently telling them. We're trying to help our coaches and teams recruit as well. So you're telling a story that's gonna make our program attractive to, to uh, high school seniors and high school juniors they are trying to pick and choose between what program they're going to do. So we want to be consistently telling positive stories of sometimes it's of, it's of its alums, of its record-breaking student athletes like Mia Davis on the women's basketball team right now. Uh, you know, we're telling our Temple Owls and the pros and highlighting our NFL players for football, you know, and, and try, trying to make sure that we are consistently trying to do those type of things because those things will help not just sell Temple Athletics, but also sell our programs to potential student athletes that are going to come here.
0: How are you able to shape the culture of your department? You've been here 19 years, but there's not a lot of other people in the athletics support structure who have been.
1: Yeah, no, and we've we've had uh, some of my staff leave for better positions. You Hopefully you get an assistant that's going to get a head job. I'm happy that Rich Berg has uh, stayed the course and been with us for football for a while. He came from the Philadelphia Eagles. So he knows Philadelphia. He does a great job promoting temple football. And it's and that's a huge effort. He has an assistant or a graduate assistant that works with him. And, and I, and I work with him to support it because it's something that we need to make sure that we have all hands on deck when football is playing. But, uh, you know, I look to find, uh, You know young men and women that you really want to have a passion for this it's a career it's not a job you know with our GAs as well as our full-time staffers so but uh you know our grad assistants we have a uh, an all-american lacrosse player Regan Cook from York College and so she came she came uh, here after uh I met her while I was at York doing a, a panel for them for their sports management program and uh Claire Savage is a, is a former women's rower. I love being able to hire former student athletes in any role, you know, because uh, they, one, know what Temple is all about. So she's just going to work with women's rowing, men's crew. I want uh, my staff to really, you know, care about the, the student athletes, care about the program. So they're looking to promote everything positive. So they're not going to miss anything. And they're finding different and unique ways to, to uh, sell our programs.
0: Tell me what you mean by that when you say you know, you have these uh, workers who, who know Philadelphia or who know Temple. What does that mean to you, and, and why is that valuable to you in a new hire?
1: One, knowing the industry is big. Knowing Philadelphia and knowing where we fit is something that is, there's value to that. And if you can get all three and know Temple, then like there's going to be less of a learning curve for your staff. They're going to have an idea of where we fit in, who the players are in athletics. I mean, it's a... Our athletic department is a large, lots of staff, over 100 and probably 20 full time staff members with coaches and administrators. So having someone who has that kind of knowledge, you know, then you don't have to teach them that. Now all you've got to do is make sure they grow in the, in, in the communications field.
0: So outside of your office and your department, who are the most valuable relationships that you maintain?
1: We have a senior leadership group, you know, that meets weekly. Uh, and I'm probably closer to the ones that have been here the longest. I am the old man. There's only one other person that is older or more tenured than I am on the senior leadership team, and that is Lee Roberts. He's been at Temple over 30 years, and is uh, really uh, great at what he does. Uh, besides that, Justin Miller is, as we said, is tremendous. Uh, Scott Walkoff and I are probably the closest. You know, I'm the closest with him. He's our marketing and promotions person and communications and PR and marketing kind of go hand in hand. So we run ideas by each other, try to make sure that you know, we are checks and balances that I'm not going too crazy or neither is he. And then uh, Tim Teese is our CFO. And ironically I taught him in an undergraduate class probably about 15 years ago. So uh, I, I think I gave him a C, I'm not sure. So Christy Bannon overse- has been overseeing compliance for a decade Compliance and Student Athlete Affairs. So that kind of core group has been with Temple Athletics for, you know, about a decade now, if not a little bit more, myself, nearly two decades.
0: You mentioned a lot of your staff in there that wear a couple of different hats that do this and also that. And obviously you have a couple yourself.
1: Well, there's one thing I didn't mention, uh, Jay, is I oversee uh, three varsity sports, men's crew, women's rowing, and women's soccer. So I've been doing that probably for those sports in particular for about a decade. Um, I did men's soccer before, but that's now with another administrator. Uh, And that's uh, really a lot. I think in COVID challenged all of our administrators, you know, in terms of the student athletes needs and health and safety being the most prominent of them to make sure that we put our student athletes in the best possible place for safety and reasons. And uh, didn't put them out there in, in, in a, Situation where it was compromising health. Men's basketball, at this time of year where you're catching me, is pretty challenging because we're playing every like three days. So, working with media like yourself, setting up interviews, usually not for myself, but for somebody else, getting game notes, which is what we give to the media so they have an understanding of what our teams, you know, our our student athletes are doing. So, when you watch a a game on television and the, the color analyst is talking about knowing certain things. A lot of that's coming from the communications specialist.
0: And how are you able to square that with also managing your department and overseeing a full staff?
1: I'm used to it, balancing it. You have to have assistants that can help jump in when, if I'm pulled into a crisis with a sport and it's taking me away from communications, I'll have a Rich Berg or a Jordan Manning step in a little bit and kind of cover that. I'm always going to be available for that. I mean, there's the, but you're, you know, you're going to see that in life where you're going to have multiple responsibilities and then one's going to take precedence over the other at a certain time, which you still have to keep an eye on the other and manage the other. So, uh, and there's, there is 24 hours in a day The last I checked. So you do have additional time. Sports, as you'll, you probably already know it's not a nine to five job. You know, it is a career. You have to have a passion for it. So I, I don't mind at all when you're at home at night and, uh, and my kids are in bed, I'll start, you know, going in and doing a deeper dive into something, a game mode or doing something that's uh, Temple related.
0: What are some of the the proudest moments that you have in your work with Temple, with basketball especially, but with all of your time in the athletics department?
1: Yeah, sure. It's, uh, I think it's about people. Now, you may not know the name Al Schreier. Does that ring a bell to you, Al Schreier? Basically the goat of communications people, you know, nationally. He was at Temple full time here for sixty years. So, if you go into Leah Course, and there's a banner with his name on it, and it's just a briefcase because Al would walk around with a briefcase. Uh, he's uh, is a gem, just a sweetheart. He died three years ago. I'm trying to think. It's uh, it was I think it was three, it was before COVID. I think it was three years ago in January. So passed away, and uh, just a genuinely good man. I got the chance to work with him when I came over here. He was still, he was retired, but working basically more hours than I was. So, and uh, he really was just, he he was Temple. Like when I got here, I would say, if I had a problem getting something, I'd just say, you know, Al Schreier sent me here. I knew Al Schreier. Everyone at Temple knew Al Schreier. When you say, what what makes me smile is we surprised him. And uh, on his 60th uh, anniversary, that's when we retired his briefcase up in the rafters. We named the um, media room the Al Schreier room, and had lots of pictures of him in there with his wife Ruthie, and that was so special. We had him out in the center court, uh, had a had like a reception for him pregame, and he's a great public speaker. He was, but it just really it touched him. And so when we can touch lives in, in, in athletics, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that, be able to put maybe it's a coach in a position to touch lives, that to me is something that is special. You know, one of the things uh, I love telling the story with Coach Cheney, uh, we were at Alabama. They were nationally ranked. We game was not televised. We were not ranked. We were, went down there and were expected to lose. And, and uh, before the game, the day before, I asked him if he would meet with the Alabama women's wheelchair basketball team, if he would do that before the game. You know, they wanted to just sign autographs, talk to him, like, you know, and and he's like, let's do it after. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good because, you know, good chance we're not going to win, you know. So, uh, and we didn't. We should have. The referees kind of took it away at the end. We were leading at the end. and No TV, a lot of whistles at the end of that game. So coach talked to his team, and then I reminded him about the wheelchair team. Uh, I think he talked to them for 40 minutes after the game. And he told stories, signed autographs, took pictures, and one of the assistant coaches came up to me and said, The guys are all on the bus. They've been there for half an hour. Can you get it moving? I'm like, You try talking to Coach Shandy and tell him to get away from these these uh, women in wheelchairs. <laughs> he he did that out of the kindness of his heart. He knew he was making them feel good. And this is right after he had, you know, you know, a gut punch by a you know, he had a game one that was ranked against a ranked opponent and and had it taken away from him. So that's just, you know, those are the kind of things I remember. I don't usually remember wins and losses and games. I usually remember, you know, what happens around the behind the scenes and how we can, you know, really make people feel good.
0: Do you see yourself as the elder statesman in, in a lot of the rooms that you walk into? Well, I
1: think you mentioned a historian, maybe, like, you know, knowing the culture, knowing what's gone before. I think so more than ever now because we with a new athletic director, new president, some new administration. But yes, I think that, you know, there's things we've done before. But I also look at it and saying just because we did it before doesn't mean we we'd continue to do it that way either. You know, we have to be able to change. But I, I think I'm leaned on a little bit now because I have that institutional knowledge where, you know, that's something you acquire. And when I first walked in here to Temple, I knew Temple because I worked 15 years at St. Joseph's. So I was could see it across there. We were in the same leg. I knew the, knew the people that worked here. But I had to go and really dive deep into the culture and get to know the alums and get to know the you know the programs better, you know, because that in that way I could service them better. So it did a lot of research to try to find out, you know, make sure I knew, like if Bill Milkvie came up, one of our all-time great basketball players, who Bill Milkvie was and what he means to Temple University.
0: Yeah, my my grandmother or my grandfather rather talked about. The look all the exactly. time. The Owl with no vowels. Yes, indeed. The one he's still with us,
1: thankfully, and uh, his 73 points will never be touched, I don't think, at Temple. So, one game.
0: How, how do we strike that balance of being able to change, but being able to recognize where we come from?
1: Change is not always bad, and it's not always good. I think our new athletic director is really doing a great job with that. He's not, he hasn't rushed in and said, here we are, I'm coming from Texas and Georgia, and we are changing everything right now. He's listened. He's walked through. He's talked to everyone in the department. You know, he leans on people who make decisions. He'll say, OK, I've heard what you're saying, but we should do it this way. And I appreciate that. I think you make change for the sake of bettering yourself, you know, and bettering the institution. And I think that uh, Arthur Johnson's done a great job of Listening, and I think he's still, you know, going through his first 120 days. I think he said, "We get it, get a good feel for the culture and what Temple University is, because we're the fifth-winningest basketball program in the history of the sport. You know, we we're not broke. Got a lot of great things going here. So, I think that he's doing a great job of not walking in and just changing for the sake of change. But I think we're going to see some changes, uh, and I think we have to adapt and not just adapt you know you look at what the landscape of college athletics is right now Jay like where there's the uh, NILs for student athletes and the entitlement of student athletes so how do we change to make sure we are on top of that curve and we're doing we're proactively helping our student athletes you know I I think it is a fine line balancing what you know the the difference between changing where you are or staying uh, static and I and I I'm trusting in our, our new leader, Arthur Johnson, how he's handling this, I think we're in, in good hands.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the overall changes that you've seen in Temple in the time that you've been here and how your position as the elder statesman and as the the face of institutional knowledge helps push us towards the next steps?
1: Well, the, When I look at the changes that I've seen, you know, they've been with facilities, I think we've grown. When when I got here, we were playing soccer in Ambler um, on our Ambler campus. Now we're playing soccer, you know, right down at the Temple Sports Complex right off Gerard Avenue. Uh, we've enhanced the gymnastics uh, practice facility. We've enhanced fencing's facility since I've gotten here. We've also had some rough spots where we had some sports that we had to no longer sponsor, so to speak. So we had that growing pain there, but I think looking at it, the reason for that was to have a better quality experience for the student athletes that are still with us. the teams are there. and we did do that. Where do I fit in? I think you know those things maybe to make sure that we know where we were. I just talked to our women's rowing team. They were going away for spring break and I got in front of them the you know that wished them well. The boathouse had been destroyed by the flooding. Uh, and that's finally almost complete. You know, We got a doc back, but I reminded the coaches and the student athletes to say, it was only eight years ago that we were intense. I still remember that. None of those young women had were intense, but I appreciate where we are and where we're going. So just to remind people that where we are now, we don't want to be like, this is the best. We want to keep pushing for, for to make it better.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, Larry. And Appreciate everything you're doing to to maintain the long view of Temple Athletics.
1: Well, thanks. I'm glad. I'm happy to be here, Jay, and good luck with your show here. Thanks, Larry.
0: This episode of Owl Sports Update Off-Air was produced and edited by me, Jay Rosen. Our executive producer is Matt Fine, and our senior producer is Haley Palmer. You can follow Owl Sports Update on Twitter and Instagram or on our website, owlsportsupdate.com you can find every episode of Al Sports Update off-air on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.